Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy beans, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Stagit Podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're all good. As per usual, before we get into today's topic, I just want to do a bit of housekeeping, because I like to keep my house nice and clean. So make sure that you follow me on, on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod to be kept up to date on anything that I'm anything that I am doing, whether it be a game review, be a movie review, book review, whatever it is that I'm doing, you'll be updated there first. And if you listen to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe uh, and make sure you ring that notification and bell below so to be kept up to date whenever I release a new episode every single Sunday. Also, I just want to wish everybody listening a very Merry Christmas. I hope that you've had a wonderful um, Christmas so far, a good holiday season, and that now when you listen to this, um, you'll be relaxing and you're ready for Christmas. You've got all your gifts and you're nice and snug and you've got the hot chocolate going and you are nice and warm at home. If not, get home as quick as you can and get yourself nice and warm because today is going to be a very festive and very um, cheery uh, episode, a Christmas episode. I figured I got to do at least one. Uh, last year I covered uh, Narnia, all of Narnia. So I, I covered the movies, I covered the video game on the Xbox, I did all the books. Um, so this year I decided I wasn't going to do anything um, Christmassy focused, but I did want to do one movie. And that movie was and is today's topic, the 1998 Christmas classic and one of my all-time favourite Christmas movies, Jack Frost. Not to be confused with the 1997 horror movie of the same name. Honestly, when I told people that I was reviewing Jack Frost for Christmas, nearly nine times out of ten, everybody would go, oh, that one with, you know, the horror film with the... I haven't watched the movie, but, like, the one with the, like... The snowman that kills people, and when I used to go to Blockbuster, I get like I used to go for Jack Frost, and I ended up getting the wrong movie because it had a monster on the front, and eh, you know. So how many times I've had to correct people? Like, no, it's the 1998 movie of the same name that came out the year later, and it's got Michael Keaton in it, and um, so on and so forth. You know, it's a completely different movie, different change of tone, and and all that. Um, but it's just funny how many times I've had to correct people. But no, sadly, we're not doing any Christmas horror. Maybe next year, but this year we're we're looking at the 1998 uh, movie Jack Frost. Um, I like that. I I really love this movie. I absolutely adore it. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's it's like a core memory for me. It's like when I was talking about Jimmy Neutron a couple of months ago. It's one of them films that has just stuck with me since day one. Um, it's a film that always makes me cry. It's a film that um. I have to watch at least once a year. It is mandatory that I watch this movie at least once a year. More than once is fantastic, but I have to watch it once a year. Um, it's just one of them movies that, <laughs> to be honest, it's a funny story. When I was very little, when I first watched this film, we had it on video. Uh, for anybody who is too young to know what a video is, we used to be a videotape, which is like a DVD, but it's a lot bigger, a lot more bulkier, and you'd stick it and you have to rewind it. It was fantastic. Not cutting edge at all nowadays, but back in the day, that was 
top notch. But we had it on on video. And I remember I was at my nan's house for Christmas and it recently come out on video and they put it on and I sat and I watched it and being a very young being, like I said, I was born in 98. So I was born the year this movie came out. So I had to have been about two, three around that age. Don't know for sure. But I remember watching it and just being glued to the TV um, and being just sobbing in tears, crying my eyes out because the snowman had died um at the end of the movie and i remember and to be honest my parents still uh, and my whole family still take the mick out of me for this um every year every time it's on but oh here we go look at him he's got and i'm there in the corner crying i'm like oh, is that, is that? you know so it, it's become a running joke in my family now but i did i cried my eyes out to this film and i remember i went to my mom and i i, I was just like he can't be dead he can't be gone and they had to put the movie back on from the beginning to be like, look, no, look, he's still alive. Look, and I ended up watching the movie again from the beginning because that's kind of how much it, you could say, scarred me maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was it, it's one of them films now that I look back fondly. It reminds me of my childhood. It's a huge nostalgia drive for me whenever I see this film. I have the soundtrack of this movie on my phone. It was a film that introduced me to Hanson. I love Hanson. I felt like they're an underrated band, uh, not just for Doom, but for their song Merry Christmas Baby, which is, again... A classic bang of a Christmas song, but you ever you'd never ever hear it anywhere. Um, but this film just really is a cornerstone of who I am. Really, if you ever want to understand what kind of person I am or what kind of movies I like, you know, this is one of them films that you should watch. Uh, and it's fun when I told people that I was going to watch this film. A lot of people, after sort sort of the confusion, thinking that I was going to talk about the horror film, a lot of them were like, "Oh." I've seen that movie. It's a pretty good film. And it's always wondered and made me quite curious as to why this movie is never really mentioned. Whenever you talk about the greats of Christmas movies, you always get the big ones, you know, Elf, Home Alone, A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, ones that, like, you know, are pretty great and do deserve legendary stats. Um, but you never hear like, about Jack Frost. It, it's one of those that just kind of goes under the radar, that if you've seen it, you know it and you know how good it is. Um Otherwise, it's not really one that comes up in the top 10, which, you know, I feel like is a shame. So I wanted to talk about my favorite Christmas movie for this holiday season and my love for it. And trust me, when we get back into um, talking in, in the review about this, I'm more than likely I will get emotional and I'll, I'll be going really deep into this film. Um, so there'll be a lot more context there. I just wanted to, for the introduction, just talk about my rough sort of love and enjoyment and maybe tell a story or two. Um, about my love of this movie anyway so i'm going to do my movie guy voice now uh, it's not a very long one this one isn't uh so <laughs> be ready so <clears throat> movie guy voice here we go a father who can't keep his promises is killed in a car accident one year later he returns as a snowman who has the final chance to put things right with his son before he is gone forever as for our cast i thought i did pretty well there as for our cast we have michael keaton one of my favourite actors of all time. I love Michael Keaton. He is, he is like Nicolas Cage or it's like Jim Carrey. If they're in a movie, doesn't matter what it is, low budget, high budget, I will watch it. I've watched majority of all of Michael, Ke Michael Keaton's movies. Um, this is my first introduction to Michael Keaton before Batman. My first introduction to him was in Jack Frost. Uh, and from there, it's, it's just gone on and on and on. Um, but we have like Michael Keaton as Jack Frost. We have Kelly Preston, the, the late, great, gorgeous, incredible Kelly Preston as uh, Gabby Frost. Uh, Joseph Cross as Charlie Frost and Mark Abbey as Mac uh, MacArthur. 
as your lead role as well as a supporting cast uh i like i said this movie is is wonderful it really, really is. And it's kind of funny how most people's introduction to like Michael Keaton is through either like Beetlejuice or Batman. For me, it was Jack Frost. And whenever I see him in Batman, I'm like, yeah, that's Batman. But I'm thinking, yeah, he's also Jack Frost. <laughs> but this is a very wonderful, magical movie. I'm not going to do a very long, drawn-out introduction because there's not really much to say. Um, I think I've said what I need to say here. But generally, I'm so excited for this one because... It is my all-time favourite Christmas movie. Um, so what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go off, get the kettle on, get some hot chocolate, and I'm going to snuggle down. I'm going to put Jack Frost on. Um, but then I'm going to come back. I'm going to just talk, wax lyrical, as the kids say, about how much I love this movie and how much it means to me and, and what it's done for me as a person. Um, maybe you might sit in there thinking, Luke, this movie's not that deep. It is to me, goddammit. <laughs> So, without further ado, Merry Christmas one more time, and allons-y. So, I've just finished watching Jack Frost, and it's just as phenomenal as I remember it being. It has every single note that you want it to, especially for myself. All those nostalgia buttons, all those member berries, it hits me right in the feels. And, it, you know, it, it's one of, it's a, there's a reason why I watch this movie religiously every Christmas. It's, it's not just for what I said in the introduction. Generally, it is a very good, heartfelt, movie you you take the christmas side out of it if you just have the, the the fact of you have a dad that is trying to follow his dream to make sure that he can be um a really good and successful musician musician and um make sure that he can then provide for his loving wife and his son um and they give them everything that they want and they deserve and then sadly he passes away and then he finally manages to get a chance to come back and to redeem himself. Um, if you take the Christmas side out of it, that idea is a story on its own is, is quite, um, it's quite lovely. It's quite magical. And if done well, which this movie is, um, it can tell a very sort of heartfelt and emotional story. And then you add the Christmas stuff on top of it and it just gets you right in the feels. Well, it does for me. Um, every time I've, I watch it, I, I cry my eyes out at loads of different sections, not just at the end. Like, I cry my eyes out for most of the parts in this movie. I've watched this film has to be oh, over a thousand, maybe a million times. Um but every time I watch it, it, it still hits me like I've seen it for the first time. And then that, to me, is the power of good storytelling, of good acting, good storytelling, um, uh, good writing. good uh, Everything about it is just good in terms of gr great emotions, great feelings, great atmosphere. Everything is just fantastic. Um, and I love this movie a lot. One thing that I do want to say, though, Going into this, fair warning, this might I, there might be emotions. I might get emotional in this. So if I do, um, I apologise. If you listen to my last Doctor Who review for the, for the giggle, uh, you have a taste of what that is like. So if that happens, again, I apologise now. Um, but if it comes, it comes, and I'm not going to stop it. I'm just going to let it, like, I'm going to ride that wave. So you're going to have to ride it with me. Um, but like I said, you know, my thoughts and feelings of this movie is that it's phenomenal and if you don't listen to the rest of this review um 
and you've never watched this movie before and you just want to see what this movie's about, then my honest, like, first layman's terms, like, full gate, right out of the starting block review is it's phenomenal, it's wonderful, it's magical, it's Christmassy, and you need to watch it. That If that is all you want and that's all you need, then that is enough. Just watch it on the merit of the fact of it is a lovely, wonderful uh, Christmas movie. And of all the Christmas movies that I've ever been, or ever will be, um, and all the ones that I've seen, and I'm, I'm sure any of you beans have seen as well. Um, again, this is my opinion, but of all the Christmas movies, none of them does it like this one. Um, for the story and for the setting and everything that it focuses on, it, nothing really does it like this film. Um, maybe I'd even go as far as in terms of subject matter, maybe potentially it's a wonderful life. Um, but that one, obviously, it, it, that one's a lot longer movie that takes a lot more time to actually pull you in. It's a fantastic film, Wonderful Life. Again, if you've never watched it, I get it three hours and in black and white, but do yourself a favour. Carve out a three-hour block in your day, especially this Christmas. Do it. You know, when you, you've got no time at work and you're with the family, sit down and watch that film. It's phenomenal. But obviously, that movie is three hours long and it takes um, that time to really get into who George, ba- uh, George Bailey is and then his family and then when you get that really crucial part at the end um, which I won't spoil but when he gets that revelation and that's when sort of the emotions really sort of hit high um, that would be the only film that I could say does the same sort of emotional beats and the sort and the, the idea of redemption and this idea of, of what life is like and so on and so forth um, and death and Christmas and stuff like that like those two sort of films like I think it's the only film that you could say is close to this one uh, but again a lot of people might disagree because I know that this film uh, for a lot of people uh, it's it's not their favourite, and I get it. You know, we we can all have different favourites, but for me, look at now sitting here at twenty five, rewatching it for the podcast, it's just as phenomenal as it was when I first watched it back when I was very very little, um, and I cried my eyes out because the snowman died, and my parents had and my parents, my grandparents had to replay the movie again from the beginning, so that they could be like, look, Luke, he he hasn't died, he's still here. Um, I did. I remember I sat and watched the film again. And ever since then, it's just been a cornerstone of my life. This movie um, and Iron Giant are two films that are ingrained in my being of like, look, those, if you want to understand who I am as a person or my foundations, watch this movie, watch The Iron Giant, and you probably get some sort of an understanding of what kind of person I am um, emotionally, personally, um, and all that jazz, really. Um but yeah, it's it was an absolute joy rewatching this movie for the podcast, and I'm glad I chose to do it. I wanted to do something for Christmas, and I wanted to share one of my favourite movies with you all. Um, also, moving on to the actual review part of this film, that is because I could gush over this film, but I want to get into specifics because that's the whole point of doing a review. So to get into specifics, um, I've never been to America, never had the chance. I've been to a lot. I've been to Europe mainly in the summer, um, but I've never really been that far of the of the globe yet one day i wish to um but this movie really makes me want to go to colorado in the winter um as i was doing my research for this film i realized that medford the um place this movie is set doesn't actually exist there is no medford in colorado uh there is apparently a medford springs but that's not a town so that was a lie (laughs) but uh, even so i would like to go to colorado in the winter maybe i don't know if it's if it's real but not like the idea i have in my head is 
from this movie. I've really, really snow-capped mountains, beautiful vistas, forests all around you, very lovely, very lush, small little town sort of thing. Um, maybe if you're American, you live in Colorado, please let me know if that um, if that idea of Colorado at Christmas is not the right idea. Um, but it looks absolutely beautiful. Looks, we hardly get snow here at Christmas. We don't get snow in the UK really until late January, early February. I've never had a white Christmas in my life. I'm 25 years old and I don't remember a white Christmas. Um, so I'd like to go somewhere that's Christmassy, snowy. And Colorado in this movie looks absolutely gorgeous. And it is a fantastic setting uh, for this film. Because again, it makes sense. You want somewhere that's snowy, somewhere that's uh, piss, piss, picturesque for christmas uh but also you want somewhere that's going to, like if you if you have a snowman it's cold enough for a snowman to live so you want to go in the rockies you want to go in the mountains so it makes um makes sense there so the way i'm going to do this review is i'm going to split it into two sections um section one is going to be charlie and jack christmas one uh which is basically the christmas that begins at the start of the film and then i'm going to go into um charlie and jack christmas 2 uh, which christmas 2 is the one year after jack's death um because this movie because these 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 things i want to get into are the thoughts and feelings that i've been building up inside myself every time i've watched this movie growing up um and i've managed to kind of try my best to compile them into different sections because the two halves of this film are completely different movies um honestly it's it's one of those that you might not notice it but when you get these two sections, they're completely different. And I'm going to try my best to explain as to why. Right. So this first section, I'm going to talk about year one, Jack's still alive, Charlie and Jack. Right. So I always wanted to grow up um, to be like Charlie. In this, we, we when we first meet Charlie, as I, as I mentioned in the introduction, also, I think I mentioned the introduction. Charlie was very much the cool kid. He was the guy that everybody knew. He had friends with, or the teachers knew him, or the kids knew him. Um, he was very smart, very clever. And at the beginning of this movie, when, you, when he meets his friends, he leaves school, uh, he runs over, and they have this little game of war, which is snowball fight. And he goes to he goes home with his friends. And this one quote has always stuck with me. And it's, it's a true quote, to be honest, but it's, it's a quote that's always stuck with me um, all my life, was the fact of um, the second graders have got the first graders pinned down. And um, Charlie goes, you remember what we learned in history class, right? All his friends are like, no, no, not really. And he's like, oh, if you want to stop an army, stop the general and that quote has stuck with me for the rest of my life now i'm not in the army so i'll never have to use that advice but it's sound advice because it is true in history um but that always stuck with me and that idea of like i want to be that cool i want to be that brainy i want to be that kid that everybody knows that um is really smart is really cool who you could be like badass but like be very stoic as well being like yeah i saved the day but i'm not gonna stick around i'm just gonna i've saved the day i'm going home because charlie does he goes in he says um, he saves Natalie's brother, gets him, Rory Book, the villain, the bully, comes down, tries to throw a snowball in his face. Charlie throws one in his face, and then Rory falls on his ass, snow all over his face, and Charlie just walks over, everybody's celebrating, he walks off, doesn't even like see the fire, doesn't even see the explosion, walks off like a badass, and the music kicks in oh, with Merry Christmas Baby by Hanson, and the movie gets going. And me being sort of a young impressionable person that I was when I first watched it, I was like, that is who I aspire to be. 
I aspired to be that person. I aspired to be like Charlie. And growing up, I'd say I, I was, you know, um, I was very much weird, very different, very, you know, I, I, I the weirdo in, in primary school. Um, and I kind of reinvented myself in senior school, as most people did. I won't go into it in full, um, but I did partly while I was in college. I, I had that moment of that cool kid that everybody knew. Um, and I got on with everybody, I had friends in all different years. And um, I kind of had it. Now I'm older as an adult. Um, I'm less of that cool kid wanting to stand out. I'm more sort of like... Um, I'm nice and stoic and I help people and I try to be there for everybody. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, I'm quite clever as well. Um, but I tend to kind of keep to myself now. I'm not as big and as loud as I was when I was younger. I'm kind of like a, like a hobbit now, really. Uh, I, I go out, do work, come home, go into my room, hide, read books, live a simple life, and then rinse and repeat the next day, really. Um, but... It's funny because I grew up wanting to be Charlie, but the older I've gotten, as I said, me being 25 now, um, the older I've gotten, I wanted to then be Jack. Now, granted, I don't have any kids. I don't have a girlfriend. Um, I'm nowhere near in my life at the moment ready for kids. I don't think I am. I don't think I'm wise enough, if I'm being honest with you all. Uh, I think I've got a good few years of life and experiences before I feel like I'm wise enough to to raise a child. Um, but growing up, the idea of now that I don't want to be Charlie, I've done that Charlie, I've had that period, I've had that era of my life. I now want to be Jack. Um, I want to be or hope to be a good dad, you know, some, but I also want to be somebody who follows their dreams no matter what. But also, you know, somebody who is is still fun, is still imaginative because Jack in this, he's still very sort of like he's cool, but he's still very sort of young at heart childish you know he's trying to be the best dad he can he follows his dreams also part of me really wants to learn to play the harmonica you know um, i try to play the guitar i do have a guitar not very good i try to teach myself I can't, i'll be honest with you I'm, I'm not good at all um but i've always wanted to learn to play harmonica this movie has inspired me like one day i'm going to buy a harmonica and i'm going to learn how to play it because harmonica is a great like instrument if you know what you're doing with it you can make some beautiful, beautiful music. And also, because how small harmonica is, you could easily just, like, pull it in your pocket. And you could be that guy at a party, you know, the guy that pulls the guitar out that everybody hates. Yeah, you could be that guy, but with harmonica. Then again, I think I'd be more respectful of a person who pulls a harmonica out. Because the guy pulls a harmonica out, but he's got some good lungs. Like, do-do-do. You know, I, that's not even what the sound harmonica makes. But you, I can't even try to represent what it makes. But we all know what harmonica sounds like, right? I'd have more respect to listening to a guy who pulls harmonica out at a party. Then a guy pulls a guitar out. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. Uh, it's just the fact that I'd rather hear listen to an harmonica. <laughs> um, still haven't learned to play the harmonica, but maybe one day um, I would like to be. I, I, I grew up, I wanted to be Jack. I wanted to be less flaky. You know, I wanted to be a lot more sort of, you know, promising. Like if I make a promise, stick to it. Um, but again, him being flaky is part of his character in this story. And it kind of makes sense for obviously as the story goes on as to him being flaky and his redemption of that obviously after his death um but i just find it interesting how i idolized charlie that growing up i wanted to be just like charlie i had that chance to be charlie um but now i'm an adult i want to be like his dad i want to be like jack and the hope that if i ever do have a child that i can be as good to them or as good as i can be to them and be an inspiration to them um 
yeah, one day, maybe. Not ready yet, but one day it'd be nice to, to, to be a father. Who knows? Um, I haven't put much thought into it, really, but one day. And um, anyway, moving on. Um, Jack tries to be sort of a good dad and partner to, to his son, Charlie, and to his wife, Cap. Um, yeah, but also he follows his dreams. Um, but the, the shame is that by the time he finally gets to follow his dream, but also realizes what's more important to him and his life, um, he dies. And that's the that's the sad part is the fact of when this movie starts, um, it's, and this kind of goes into what I'm going to say in a minute for the second half is the fact of when this movie begins, everything you meet Charlie for the for the well, actually you see Jack and he's playing and he's living his dream right that's his life the magician side of it so you see that and it starts with Frosty the Snowman by the Jack Frost Band fantastic song don't worry I will talk about the music in this movie I have a whole section on that but the beginning of this movie is sort of you get to see Jack's life and it's big it's brash it's epic it's him being a rock star it's everything that he ever wanted to be then cut to seeing Charlie right your first time you meet Charlie there's snow on the ground it's all big bright it's it's snowy but it's magical and again like I said he gets to be the hero you see how cool Charlie is and, and how thoughtful and um, respected and just him being a very cool child and being a very decent person and then you get that sort of contention between Jack and Charlie and that you realize that um, Jack is very flaky, that he's let his family down a lot while following his dream. And you get to see that. But the movie begins very much the fact that before it starts going down to be very bright, very warm, still hopeful. That's the best word I can, I can say. The beginning of the movie is very hopeful. It's a glimpse of their life. It might be dysfunctional, um, but they make it work. But obviously, Charlie, being at a very young, impressible age, he wants to see. He wants his dad to be there, and um, Jack wants to be there. But at the same stage, he wants to be a real player. He wants to be a successful musician because he wants to give his family everything that he potentially probably didn't have, um, or even if he did have, he wants to make sure that he can be there and provide. He's trying to be the best dad he can, but also be the follow his dreams at the same at the same side and it's difficult trying to follow your dreams but also being there for others because something is going to fall at the wayside um and we learn this very very quickly but when we get onto the second part now which is the more in dense bigger part of the actual film is a fact of when jack sadly passes away um one year later it cuts to and the tone of the movie completely changes it goes from being very fun, bright and wonderful at the beginning to being very dreary. Um, you can feel the cold. There's, you don't really feel the warmth as you did at the beginning. You start, you feel the cold. Uh, the snow is partly melted. In a way, it's a reflection of how Charlie feels losing his dad. Or well, not just Charlie, but how his mother feels and how uh, Mac feels is the fact of... At the beginning of the movie, it was very hopeful. It was wonderful. It was Christmassy. It was it was warm. It was thoughtful. It was honest. It was lovely. It was pure. And then you get to the second half of the film, and it's the complete opposite. There's loss. You know, there it, it's very bleak. It's dreary. It's sad. The snow is melted, and that's a reflection of like he he's. How can I explain? How can how can I try to best explain it? mourning the loss of, of of a loved one affects us all very differently and for charlie he's lost that spirit he's lost that that shall we say will to care 
why should he care? Why should he be feel happy? You know what I mean? Um, he's lost. He, he lost his dad. Um, and the like I said, the tone of the film completely changes. The music gets a lot more softer, a lot more sombre. Um, there's less moments of happiness. It's it's quite emotional for the for the most part, really. And like I said, the 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 snow melting and and the setting and the coldness is a reflection of like Charlie has has lost that heart. He himself has gone cold. He himself has melted inside. That joy, that love, that everything that he had, the hopefulness inside him, has melted away. Then all that's left is is he's still there, but he's just floating through life. You know, he he, he doesn't go out like when he leaves the school instead of going out with his friends snowball fighting he doesn't he doesn't partake he just walks home the bullies try to make fun of him he just ignores them because they're not there they're just hindrances um and we find out he he quits the um ice hockey team so he's lost that he's lost his friends he just probably doesn't talk to them much anymore um so he's completely closing closed the the world outside him off and he's closed into himself um and it's a great reflection and it's it's a great bit of cinematography and directing really where you get to unless you're really paying attention it's one of those sort of details where like look a year's passed but a lot's happened in that year that obviously we didn't show you but in this quick scene at the beginning we quickly learn the year charlie has possibly had and that building up to the anniversary of his dad passing during christmas it's all come to a head. It's all come to a point where he's probably at his peak most of shutting everybody out um, in the story. And, you know, Mac tries to open up to him. He shuts him down. His mum tries to open up to him, shuts her down. Uh, obviously, he doesn't talk to his friends. And he's, in effect, alone, really. Um, like I said, it gets quite emotional. And then we get that scene um, not long after. Um, he makes a snowman he sees natalie with her dad and he has that sort of moment where he decides to make a snowman and when he puts his dad's hat and scarf on on the snowman and um yeah that the uh what's that that lisa loeb i think it was lisa loeb um how did your heart beat um no landslide by stevie nicks not lisa loeb stevie nicks uh landslide by stevie nicks which is a beautiful song um and it's so powerful in this moment again this moment makes me cry as well um and then as the music's playing and after he's finished doing the snowman, he's crying because it looks like his dad and it's wearing his dad's clothes. He's in bed and he plays the magic harmonica and there's no feeling in the harmonica. There's no sort of, I wish I had a, a way of, of doing a harmonica sound, but there's, there's no sort of long magicalness to it. It's just him blowing into the harmonica, harmonica just making the noise, uh, um, just blowing into it, making his wish, being like a wish, um, I could have one final Christmas with my dad, and that always gets me, always makes me cry, and it's it's very very powerful moment. And then we get he gets his wish. Jack comes back um, as the snowman, and then from there, sort of the emotional side. It's still quite it's still emotional, but the movie starts to pick up then as the hope starts to be regained, not just in Charlie, but in his dad. How they both are able to. Uh, Jack is able to redeem himself and Charlie gets his love and um, the, the sort of Christmas that he wanted originally and he gets his dad back. So the tone of the movie from there starts to change. But up until near to the end of the movie where we finally get that moment, um, the tone of the of this half of the film is completely different from the first one. It's done very, very cleverly and it's one that 
I think why this movie is so emotional is because that change and that tone works so well, it's done so well that it's like, wow, it really hits you um, in, the, in the heart. One thing I do want to mention um, for this one is Justice for Mac. So, again, this might seem a bit odd for something, um, but this is something that didn't occur to me until um, I watched it when I was much older. Um, because this, when you're young, you, you don't notice these things. It's not until you go through life and you go through life's harsh, hardships that you notice certain things in books, films, TV shows that you didn't notice first time around. And this is it's might not to occur to anybody else who's seen this film, but it's something on, on sort of previous rewatches throughout the years of my life um, that has occurred to me. And it's something that every time I watch it in the past few years, that I always think about this and I kind of add to it. Um, but sort of the effect Jack's death had on Mac. Now, Mac is his best friend. And we get glimpses of Mac here and there at the beginning of the movie. Um, we don't see him a lot. And to us, we don't see him a lot in this film. Um, but the effect Jack's death had on Mac. And again, I know the story focuses on Charlie and his mom. But I think... Well, to be honest, I, I think um, Cap, Charlie's mom, obviously Jack's wife, I feel like she deserves a bit more as well. Um, but what you've got to try and think about for in terms of Mac is the fact of how it affected him. Because for one, um, it was Mac's car that broke that caused Jack's death. Um, because of the because Joe uh, Jack was driving um, to the cabin. And the windscreen, it was really heavy snow and the windscreen wiper stopped working and it jammed and he's trying to bang it to keep going. And eventually, as he's banging it, it's not moving. The snow is heavier. He can't see where he's going. He crashes. And I think he goes off a bridge. We don't actually see it, but he crashes. And that killed him. Nowhere in this story or any time I've ever watched it or anybody I've ever, who I know has watched this movie ever talks about the fact of how that affects um, Mac. Because you've got to think about it. If it was my best friend and my best friend borrowed my car and because of my car uh, broke in terms of the windscreen or the brakes or whatever and caused their death, I don't know about you, but I blame myself for that. I would. And I think a lot of people would as well, you know. And it wasn't just the fact of it was his car. And I know Charlie and his mum lost a dad and a partner, but Charlie uh, Mac also lost a best friend. He lost his best friend. Um, he lost his groove. He even says in the movie, uh, when he's when he's when Char when Jack was alive, um, it never felt like work. Music was just naturally; it was like breathing. It was just something that he just could do, and it felt fantastic. And he had his groove. And then when Jack died, and he lost his best friend, and he lost his bandmate, um, it felt like work. And Jack always said to him, "It should never feel like work." Um, and so he lost his groove. Um, then I'm guessing we didn't see it, but I would imagine that the band uh, disbanded and then Mac went off to work at a hardware store and also and always tries to be there for Charlie and his mum. Again, we don't see it. We only ever see it at, during Christmas, but I would imagine he, he tried to be there at the funeral, after the death, throughout the year. Um, but no one ever talks about Mac. That's why I say justice for Mac, because... There's never a moment where Mac gets a chance to sort of talk to um, Cap or to even get to meet Jack, really, and, and to kind of say sorry about what happened at, with the car. Um, 
and that um trying to get sort of have a chance to apologize and maybe jack accept his apology you know um and again i get it like this movie is about 120 minutes 120 120 minutes long um and if you had that moment where Matt gets gets a chance to um, say sorry and have that whole redemption there, and even Cap as well, Jack's wife, Charlie's mom. Even if she gets a moment with time with Jack as the snowman, um, and they get have a little moment as well. Um, I know the film would be longer, and the film tries its best to focus more so on Jack and Charlie's relationship. But I feel like that, you know, I don't mind if this movie would have been like an hour and a half to two hours long, it wouldn't have bothered me. Um, because I feel like if you had those extra moments, it would have been nice as well. So I, that's why I say justice for Mac, because you no, know, we don't talk enough about, about how sort of Jack's death affects um, Mac. We see it here and there in parts, um, but it's never something that's properly spoken about or gone into. Um, and yeah, I just feel like if it was me, if I was Mac and my, I was the reason that my best friend died um, because my car failed, I would blame myself. I would, and I think a lot of people would as well. Um, so I just wanted to, to mention that part as well, because it's something that's been sitting with me for for years, and I've never got had a chance to properly um, vent and, and and to mention that. So I just wanted to mention that here. Um, but anyway, moving on with with the review. Um, as for sort of Charlie and his dad's relationship, sort of Jack is getting the chance to be a dad, um, to right the wrongs he couldn't in life which think that, you know, it's very emotional, very loving as well. But Charlie is getting something we all wish for, which is some more time with the ones that we lost at the end of the day. Um, Jack, again, he loved his family. Of course he did. But also he, he loved the idea of being a rock star, being a player, being able to really kick it, be, be a, you know, be a really successful musician for his family. And, um, it was not until, as I mentioned earlier, he, he got to the point where he finally realised that, yeah, I, I, what am I doing? You know, I, I, it's Christmas Day. I should be with my family. And he decides to, to drive back to them. By the time he finally realises what's most important to him, he can't act on it because, um, like, you know, he dies. So this for him is, is a way to to come back and to actually spend time with those that matter. There's no musical numbers. There's no time of him trying to be a rock star as as a snowman or anything like that. Like, look, no, I've got a second chance to come back. I'm going to make amends. Charlie wished me to come back. I'm going to fix things with Charlie because Charlie really, really needs me right now. Cap obviously probably needs him as well. And Mac probably needs him as well. Um, justice for them too, obviously. Um, but obviously the story focuses on Charlie and he does, he manages to come back and he fixes the wrongs he had with Charlie to actually be there for him for Christmas, be his dad, be that fate figure in his life to get him back into um, playing hockey, to get him back with his friends, to get him back playing um, hockey uh, with, with, with his team and to really just kind of let letting him go never let not letting him go but letting him go sort of fact of being the fact like don't hold up don't stop your life for me being like you can keep going i'll still be here just keep going you know what i mean which is very lovely and again charlie also like i said he gets something that we've all wished for is some more time with the ones we lost i've never lost a parent 
not yet. It will happen eventually. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but I've lost grandparents. I've lost friends. Um, I've lost pets. And no matter who it is, it still hurts like hell. Um, and it's one of those, the fact of, I wish I could have time back with all of them that I've lost. I'm going to, this is where I'm going to get emotional now. Again, apologize, but I'm just going to let it happen. Um, you know, I wish I could have time back with the people that I've lost. Bloody hell, to be honest, whenever people ask me if I could go back in time and go and do school all over again, I would. And it's not the fact of doing school over again to make different choices. It's generally, I'd love to go back to those time when I was at school to be, to see everybody, you know, to see all the friends that I haven't spoke to in years, um, to see the friends that are no longer with us, you know. Um, so Charlie gets something that we all wish for, which is a second chance with the ones that we love. So in, it's internally that as well. It's a very beautiful, wonderful thing. And obviously what makes it really emotional, which in turn, what makes the ending so powerful and what my reason why I cry all the time um, and why I cry the hardest to the end of this movie is because with Jack redeemed and realizing that Charlie is his legacy, it's this quote that always gets me. And it's again, it's one of those quotes that always, uh, one of the many quotes in this movie that has stuck me forever, but it's two really powerful quotes here at the end of this movie that will stick with me forever. Right. Um, and it's it's this one. So the first one is, I was so busy trying to make my mark on the world. I, you are my mark on the world, Charlie. You know, so where Jack realizes that my I try to make my mark in terms of music, my legacy, my, um, how can I explain it? Kind of the fact of, I try my best to make sure that I am remembered. And we all do. We all have dreams. We all have aspirations. We all have hopes. We all want to make sure that when we die, we are not forgotten tomorrow. That we die today, remember tomorrow. You know? Um, and again, I, I don't have kids, so I, I can't relate to this. But I have parents. Um, I have grandparents. Um, they have kids. I am a child of parents, obviously. Um, so I've seen it. I've seen it myself. I've lived it. I've experienced it to a point. Um, and I know that we all have dreams and aspirations. But at the end of the day, the biggest legacy you can leave on this planet is your mark on your children. How you treat your children and, and who they grow up to be is is down to how you are as a parent and how you are with them, how you treat them, how you, how you act with them. That's the biggest legacy a person can live on the world. Because the biggest footprint, the biggest mark a person can make is making another human. And that human's then, that human's um, mark on the world moving forwards, if you if you get what I'm trying to say. Um, and again, I haven't had kids, so I can't relate to that. But in terms of, of Jack, it's the fact of he realising that it wasn't being a rock star. Um, it wasn't being a really good music, music, musician. It was just being a good dad. It was being a good parent. It's being a good partner. And that was his legacy with Charlie. And at the end of the movie, he realizes that um, Charlie is going to grow up to be a good man and that he's going to make a good, he's going to be a good person. And that um, he doesn't need to worry about him. And that's lovely, you know. Um, and then sort of we have the end scene um, with this quote as well, which always gets me, which is a quote I've used many, many times. And it's a quote that um, I hold dearly. 
to me, um, especially with the other ones I've lost myself. Um, it's one that I repeat to myself, and it's one's it's it's just a quote that's so powerful but so meaningful to me and to many other people as well. Um, and it's 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 simply it's it's a longer quote, and I've shortened it. But it's simply, um, as long as you hold somebody in your heart, you can never lose them. Never. And that's true. You know, as long as you love somebody, as long as you hold them deeply in here, you never lose them. Even if they're not here, they're still with you. And that's what I was trying to refer to earlier, was the fact of Charlie sort of gets a second chance sort of to be with his loved ones. But it's also the show in the fact of it's time to let me go. Like, you will always remember me. You'll always miss me. You'll always regret not me have having me around. But I'll always be here. You just hold me in your heart. And I will never not be there. And it's a very lovely sentiment. And again, it's what gets me crying. And the reason why I love this movie so much is the fact of... It's not just a Christmas film. It's a movie of love, of passion, of redemption, of life and death. The acceptance of both and the acceptance of time is fleeting, so use your time well. It's a very lovely message, it's a very wonderful movie. And as you can tell, it's one that makes me cry. And even now, um, it's making me cry just talking about it, you know. But this film is just a gorgeous it's it's just a gorgeous movie. And it's one that I don't understand why many people haven't watched it, or even the fact of those that have watched it don't talk about it enough. Um, and it, it, like I said, it baffles me whenever people say, oh, my favourite Christmas movie is this, my favourite Christmas movie is that. But on that list, sometimes it's not, it's not never usually in the top five. It's sometimes in the top ten. Um, but it's never one that people go, hand on heart, my favourite. But for me, this is my favourite Christmas movie. This is a cornerstone of me. This is who I am as a person. This movie basically helped sculpt i know it sounds crazy to say that but it's one of those things that you wouldn't understand unless you have that movie tv show character or book or whatever um from your childhood that you watched all the time that you really love that you'll understand this but this movie has a hand in making me of who i am today and for that it i it means the world to me um and i will love it forever it's it's just a great piece of cinema in my opinion really really is um absolutely wonderful that that is the sort of main review i do want to touch on a few other things here um first um firstly being the practical effects of the snowman which were done by the jim henson um creature shop for anybody who doesn't know who jim jim henson is have you been living under a rock don't mean to be mean but it's true um because jim henson is the uh genius behind the muppets and labyrinth especially obviously a christmas carol um he and his creature shop uh have done many sort of practical effects i think they also did the practical effects for small soldiers as well um i think that was them i'm not really sure but there's a reason why whenever i do reviews and i talk about old movies with practical effects that i bang on about them it's because the practical effects that are done well which here they are done really really well thanks again to the jim henson company who know what they're doing in terms of puppetry um it looks fantastic and about how old the movie is they will always look good this movie's as old as me this movie's 25 years old right we're both the same age 
Um, I don't look as hell of a good as I looked when I was younger, <laughs> you know. Um, but this movie will forever live on and look good because of the practical effects. Yes, don't get me wrong, the CGI is a bit um, not great and it hasn't aged well. And there are times when you watch this movie and you're like, ooh, that's a bit bad CGI. And that's the thing. CGI will always age poorly because CGI is always getting better. CGI is always evolving. So when you watch like Avatar now, um, Avatar, I'm, I'm on about Shape of Water, which I haven't watched, but I would imagine is like the pinnacle of what CGI is in terms of the technology. You watch that and go, oh, this is what CGI can be and should be, blah, blah, blah. And then you watch this movie and you're like, oh, this is what CGI was. <laughs> Um, I don't mean it as a way to kind of dog on the movie, of course not. But I can understand whenever you talk to people about this film, they always say, "Well, that the the CGI was a bit janky." Of like, yes, it was janky. Obviously, for the time, it was cutting edge. Um, but nowadays, it looks a bit uh, magoo. Um, but the practical effects, for me anyway, still work. Um, still great. Yes, it probably is a guy in a suit or some sort of puppetry, but it's done it in in such a wonderful way. And I, I do my research for this film when I was looking at trivia. Um, one thing that I found out, which I thought was really, really cool, was that um, Warner Brothers has a archive of all their old props and movies. Um, and to make sure that they stand the test of time, I forgot the name. I didn't get to write it down while I was doing my research. But they have a, a museum in a salt mine. It's deep, 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 deep underground. Reason being because there's no moisture. There's no direct sunlight. There's no moisture. It's It's a consistent temperature. And with old movies... Especially old movies and props. You want that consistent temperature. You want that lack of sunlight and you want um, less humidity. Primarily the fact of as film gets older, um, there's a potentiality. If it hasn't been stored properly, it can start corroding and just be completely destroyed and lost. Um, it's same with props as well. Even though how good a prop is made uh, throughout time through heat and dust and that sort of thing, um, they will start to deteriorate. And I found do my research that the practical effects the snowman props the snowman suit the snowman sort of um costume whatever uh dummy still exists it's in this salt mine it's in a glass case um it's a bit yellow you know even though it's in the it's in the glass case it's not perfectly white but i just love the idea that it's still preserved that it still exists somewhere in the world so i think that's that was really really nice to find um so yeah so that's one thing i thought was in my research uh other thing that I want to mention is the soundtrack for this film. Um, one thing that I want to start looking into properly, and I'll do this more so when we get to sort of um, season three next year, is I want to look more into soundtracks because I've, I talk about music all the time. I am a very big lover of music, especially movie soundtracks. I collect records for my record player. Majority of the records that I have are all movie soundtracks. Um, and to me, a movie can be wonderful, it can be powerful, it can be emotive, it could be epic. But if you don't have the music to back it up, whether it be orchestral or it be something under the lines of um, sort of, I don't know, trying to think of a, of a singer, like Lisa Loeb, that sort of thing. Unless you've got those sort of background music sounds, no matter how good the movie is, it won't be as good as it could be. Music makes a film. Um, this is one of them films that the music just was perfect. And if when used well, which it is in used right in the same scenes, in the right scenes, um, 
does a fantastic job. And I will admit, I have this soundtrack on my phone, the Jack Frost soundtrack. So I've got all these songs, well, majority of these songs on my phone. Um, for example, this movie introduced me to Give Me Some Lovin' by Hanson, which I love Hanson. I still do. I think I still jig out to Doom Bop. Doom Bop is one of them songs of like, when you hear it, you just... You just have to, you know, bop along to it. You have to dance to it, right? Um, so give me some loving by Hanson. You got Father's Love by Bob Carlson, which is a wonderful, really sad song, but it's fantastic. Uh, Good Loving by Hanson again. Uh, Leaving Again by Steve Poltz, um, which is very is a lovely song. Uh, wait, wait, wait for you by Fighting Gravity. Frost is the Snowman by Michael Keaton and the Black Frost Band. Hey Now Now by Swell Three Sixty. Again, Swell Three Sixty. Another 90s old band, but listen, if you haven't heard of Swell 360, do yourself a favor and check that band out. It's an epic band, especially Hey Now Now. It's one of my favorites. Um, Five Candles uh, by Jays, uh, Jars of Clay. Um, Have a Little Faith, again, by Michael Keaton and the Jack Frost Band. Frostbite by Trevor Ra- uh, Rabin. This one is not orchestral one, but it's, again, it's one of those that when you listen to it, it does feel like Christmas. Um and the sort of what I love about orchestral music, what I love about classical music, is the rises that you go, the the dips and bows that you get in 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 the songs, where it can be happy one minute and then it can go down to being very somber, sad, or it can go be really high and epic, and it can be very sort of mellow. And I lo- I love sort of this orchestral sort of classical music. So I check, I recommend that one. Obviously, again, How by Lisa Loeb, uh, Sleigh Ride by the Spice Girls, Can't Let Go by Lucinda Williams, um, and Merry Christmas Baby again by Hanson, which again, Merry Christmas Baby by Hanson is another great Christmas song that you never hear played anywhere. But it's always one of those songs that whenever I hear it, it reminds me of this movie, but also it makes you think of Hanson are pretty good. Maybe I'm the only person who thinks that. Like, I love the Bee Gees, so don't sort of quote me on Luke knowing how good music is. But Again, I can't help it. You know, I like music that I can jig, uh, jig and jive to. Um, but yeah, the soundtracks movie, I love it, and it's it's one that I have on my phone, and it's one that I listen to regularly, even if it's not Christmas. I would just sit and bop to a lot of those songs, um, and they get me right in the feels. They get me right in the in the heartstrings. Anyway, so moving on now, before we get to the end, we get to to the wrap up. A bit of trivia because I did promise it. Um, it's interesting while doing the tri- while doing trivia for movies because you can watch movies that you really really love, um, and then when you start doing trivia, you when you learn things that you go bloody hell, how was how did that work? Um, how 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 was that a thing? But it's one thing I love about trivia. I love random facts. Biggest one that I found surprised the hell out of me. It still does now, even though I know about it. I'm still very much in shock. So apparently. George Clooney was originally attached to be on the project. Um, when he left to do Batman and Robin in 1997, Michael Keaton was or, uh, originally, um, who originated the role uh, as Batman um, in live action eight years earlier, was cast into the lead of the role. Before Keaton took over, Jim Henson Creature Shop had already designed their snowman animatronic specifically to George Clooney's facial features and acting style. So basically... Before, so obviously George Clooney went off and left the project to Batman and Robin. Um, Michael Keaton uh, then came on to do the role. And I find it funny as the fact of this movie would have been so much different if George Clooney had been in the role. Um, not to not to sort of um, disgrace the name of Clooney, and not at all. Um, I just feel like his acting style and Michael Keaton's acting style would have been made this film so much different. 
I don't think it would have been as emotional as it possibly could have been if it was George Clooney. Um, I just don't feel like George Clooney has the sort of, from what I've seen anyway, I don't, again, I don't know because I haven't seen huge movies with George Clooney and he doesn't actually do a lot of films nowadays. Um, but for Michael Keaton, he has the acting chops to do the to do the funny, but also to do the emotive really, really, really well. And I just feel like this film would have been completely different if it was George Clooney. Um, also, obviously, more trivia as well. Um, talk about Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton co-wrote two of the songs on the soundtrack, um, which were the um, ah the Jack Frost Band ones, which were I did have them written down and I've completely lost them. Which was um, Frost is a Snowman and Have a Little Faith. He sings them both, and I have them both. Um, again, like I said, on my phone, which I love. Like, I didn't know that Michael Keaton could sing, but he can, and he's a really, really good singer. Um, this movie was obviously this movie was released one year after the Jack, the movie of the same name from 1997, Jack Frost, a um, horror film featuring a mutant killer snowman. Um, Sam Raimi was once attached to the film as director and even wrote a draft of the script with his brother Ivan. Um, then we have Kurt Russell, Billy Bob Thornton, Dennis Quaid, uh, Kevin Costner were considered in the role of Jack Frost. Tim Allen was considered for the title role. He turned it down uh, because he was in the midst of shooting the final season of Home Improvement. Again, Mel Gibson was considered of the role of Jack, but turned it down to do Conspiracy Theory in 1997 instead. Um, also, you've got in Charlie's bedroom next to his bed. This is not a bit of tri- well, this is trivia, but this is something that I noticed myself. Um, in Charlie's bedroom next to his bed is a bust um, is a bust that has the body of Superman breaking out of chains, but the head of Batman. Michael Keaton is well known for his portrayal of Batman, and I just noticed that maybe it was a maybe because it was Warner Brothers. Maybe it's one of those where it was like a hint of it, Michael Keaton's Batman sort of thing. Um, but also you had uh, Jake Lloyd was considered for the role of Charlie Frost. Renee Zellweger was considered for the role of Gabby Frost. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting when you look at trivia for movies. And the and majority of the trivia that I could find was that how many people were considered for the role of Jack. And I feel like them settling down on Michael Keaton was a fantastic job and also the idea of sam raimi doing this movie again love sam raimi but i don't know he's, he's he does fantastic cinematography he's a fantastic director but i don't know what would a sam raimi christmas movie look like to be honest with you, i just imagine evil dead will snow that's how i that's all i imagine um <laughs> um obviously that's probably not what he would have done but that's what i think in my head is like evil dead will snow uh, which would be great i'd love to watch that um but no, I think the whole the cast they got here was fantastic. The guy who they got to play Charlie, fantastic. The, um, the lady who plays Gabby, the lazy, the guy who plays Mac, obviously Michael Keaton as Jack, all worked perfectly. Which then brings me nicely to my, like, my overall thoughts and feelings. Which my overall thoughts and feelings is I love this movie. It makes me emotional. It makes me sad. Um, but at the same s- stage, it still inspires me to be a better person, to be. Um, more thoughtful, to be honest, to be decent, to be good, um, to follow my dreams, um, and you know, to remember those that we've lost, and that it reminds me the fact of again, 
as long as you hold somebody in your heart, you never truly lose them, never. And it's true. And it's it sort of re sort of what's the word? Not redefines, but sort of reinforces that idea in 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 me, and that I never lose that love that I have for the ones that are no longer with us. You know. Um, so to me, this movie will always have a special place in my heart. It will always be a movie that means the world to me. It will always be a film that makes me cry. Um, it will always be a cornerstone to who I am. Like I said, if you ever want to understand me as a person, watch this movie. And watch The Iron Giant. Those two films came out around the same time. I think they actually came out in the same year. Um, and were real cornerstones for who I was growing up. And who I am today. Um, and who I still try to be in the future. And um, yeah. Definitely, if you haven't seen this movie. Please go out and watch it. Yes, the CGI is a bit magoo. But the practical effects are great. The music is wonderful. Um the cinematography is very magical, emotional. <laughs> this movie is just, again, my opinion, but the greatest Christmas movie I've ever watched. And like I watched recently, It's a Wonderful Life. I've been wanting to watch it for years and I finally sat down and watched it. Um, and that is one of the best Christmas movies of all time. But, I still say this is because of how much it means to me and how much um, I've been through from watching this movie. And that's in life, but in general, uh, in the good times and the bad times, this movie's always been there for me to sort of look forward to and to watch during Christmas and to basically say, like, everything's going to be all right. Um, yeah, so it means a lot to me. And I wish I had more words and more ways to explain it to you, but I've already just looked at the time. I've just, I've already been talking about this movie for 52 minutes. Um, and if I try to sit here and make up words, um, it would be meaningless because at the end of the day, the biggest thing I can say about this film is simply go watch it. That's the best sort of recommendation I can give is the fact of, um, if you want to watch something wonderful this Christmas, uh, watch this. You might cry, you might not cry. It might mean something to you, it might not do. It depends on who you are as a person. But to me, um, it will always have a soft spot in my heart um, forever. Um, I just wanted to share that with, with you guys this Christmas. I wanted to talk about at least one Christmas movie this year before uh, we end. Maybe next year I will plan out a proper Christmas and I will do more Christmas movies. But for now, I just wanted to wrap up 2022 and wrap up Christmas with one final sort of proper Christmas movie. And I thought Jack Frost would be the one to do it. So thank you very, very much for joining me. I, again, I do apologize for the emotions once again. Um, but it's Christmas and emotions fly high at Christmas. And I just let them, just let them fly. Let them slide. Better to let them out than hold them in because they hurt less if you do that. Um, so thank you very, very much for listening. I've been your host, Luke the Human. Um, if you'd like to hear more of me, then you can find me on any and all podcasting um, platforms. Um, I'm on Spotify, mostly. Um, also, you can find me on YouTube. Um, if you are listening to on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Let me know you have a Christmas movie down below. If you agree or disagree, do you love this movie? Do you not like this movie? Um, just let me know down below. I really want to know what people think. I, and I want to know what people what people's favourite christmas films are what is that one christmas movie that you watch all day every day like it's that it's your go-to and uh, for my mom i think it's the grinch 
tied with the Christmas the the, the Santa Claus the movie um, from like 1978, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> so, what is it? You know, what what's your favorite Christmas movie? That's my question. That's what I want to know down below in the comments, or even on Twitter. Let me know on Nostalgic underscore Pod. Um, so yeah, so thank you very much for for listening. I'm going to go off now. It's been an absolute pleasure and absolute joy, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye bye.